the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fourth and final time that heaven is open is found right here in Revelation 19, 11, when the white horse rider appears in the sky. I mean, this is the figure of a Roman general leading his armies into war to conquer for the mighty empire of Rome. And yet it's not Rome, it's heaven's armies. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will be here in just a moment with today's message. You know, here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is here now to take your prayer request. And thank you so much for listening. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled The White Horse Rider. That's The White Horse Rider. We do hope that you enjoy it. Remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. And we'll bring you the first portion of this message here today. But if you do miss any portion, you can find it there to listen to in its entirety without interruption. Let's get underway. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. In recent days, the United States Navy has finally agreed to take UFOs seriously. Did you notice that in the news recently? It was stunning. That means they believe that something crazy is going on, and it's not like fake. It's for real. It seems that many Navy pilots for years have been saying things that cannot be explained, that are flying in the sky over their heads and flying very, very fast. Joseph Gratisher, the spokesperson for the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations, for information warfare recently made the statement that since 2014 there have been a lot of these paranormal sightings by Navy pilots. It is on the increase and they believe it's high and mighty time that the President of the United States, the Congress of the United States, take these things very, very seriously. He told the Washington Post that these UFOs have entered military airspace multiple times a month, and that has happened recently. We're not talking about years ago. We're talking about recent phenomena. The Navy calls these UFOs by a different acronym, UAP, Unexplained Aerial Phenomena. And the Navy has admitted that these UFOs are watching our military movements. They're carefully observing what we do as a nation. And he said this, I quote, We want to get to the bottom of this. We need to determine who's doing it, where it's coming from, and what their intent is. We need to try to find ways to prevent it from happening again. So it's considered to be a national security threat. UFOs aren't just crazy, wacky things now. They are real, observable phenomena that the military has engaged upon to see how they can stop it. He promised to investigate every single case and take every single intrusion like this seriously. By the way, let me ask a question. How many of you have seen a UFO? I have. When I lived in Holland, Michigan, it made national news 48 hours. There were sightings moving all across the landscape right next to my house. Now, I didn't see those. I saw one when I was a child. How many of you are aware of President Jimmy Carter? President Jimmy Carter is one of the people who has credibly seen a UFO and has given an experience of it And it's amazing, frankly. 
So many of the Navy pilots who have observed these unexplained aerial phenomena are academics and engineers who are trained to carefully record what they have observed. And some of these pilots have seen small sphere-like objects flying in formation like jets should fly. I have noticed in some of the literature and some of the pictures that you can look at the formation of these objects and some of them will resemble Orion's belt. In other words, they're astronomically aligned. Some of these pilots have seen small sphere-like objects floating against the sky, others tic-tac-shaped vehicles that skirt at supersonic speeds that just move faster than any jet can possibly imagine. And unlike modern jets, these vehicles have no wind behind them, no intake before them, and no evidence of exhaust to show that they were even there and they can plunge into the sea. They just fly, and they fly faster than any of our fastest jets can go. And this has caused the military to take interest in this because who are they, what are they, and what is happening here? The President of the United States was recently briefed about this concern, as also was Congress. Certain military experts believe, and they've gone on in print recently, that these UFO sightings may represent the most serious security challenge to our nation and the world. I mean, it sounds like something out of a science fiction novel, doesn't it? War of the Worlds. You're looking at me. Now, look, I'm interacting with the news. How many of you read the news out there? You follow the blogs? This has been in the news. In Ephesians 2, verse 2, the Bible suggests that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. You know, we're looking for E.T., we're looking for space invaders and the like, but the space invaders have come from the ancient past. They have been here on planet Earth, and we are part of a great controversy between good and evil. And I guarantee you that Satan is able to marshal the forces that can move faster than our jets. In 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 8 through 10, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, warns us at the end of time that Satan will send lying wonders to deceive men and women who will not fall in love with God's Word and God's truth. And so we live in an age where people are looking for a personal experience with a space alien. I was talking to a young person not long ago who said, Pastor Mike, I have had a personal relationship with space aliens. I was caught up one night into a UFO They did experiments on me. I came back. I pinched myself. I am a transformed individual. I mean, that's a crazy thing. And yet he wasn't crazy for him. He believes it. He believes it happened. How many of you have run into people who say the same thing? They were abducted by a space alien. They're all across the country now. They have entire blog sites for it. I'd like you to stay put, stay in your seat, stay in your home. Don't allow space aliens to abduct you. We giggle, but he was dead serious. He believes it happened. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. Open your Bibles and turn with me there. The Bible says, And then the lawless one will be revealed at the end of time is the context. And the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by his appearing and his coming. Now we know the historical Antichrist appeared in the Middle Ages. But one day Satan himself will impersonate Christ. Evil angels will have a more direct connection with the peoples of the earth. And people will have to choose between what they see with their eyes and what they believe in their Bible. The Bible says in verse 9, the coming of the lawless one by the activity of Satan will be with all power, with pretended signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are to perish because they refuse to love the truth and to be saved. At the time of the end, friend, it is not safe for any one of us to trust our senses, our eyes, our ears, or what we can touch and feel above the plain teaching of the Bible. 
what we should be doing with our spare time should not be casual. We should be gathering in small groups in our homes. We should be gathering with people who don't know the Word of God. We should be studying the Bible as if our very life depends upon it. And this notion that we can have some touchy-feely experience that matters to God and us outside of the Bible is a deadly deception. Satan would love for God's people to be out of the Word of God at the time of the end. In Revelation 19.10, John the Revelator saw an extraterrestrial. He saw an angel that was sent from God, the right kind. And John himself did something that we should never, ever do at the time of the end. He bowed down and he began to worship that angel. Revelation 19, verse 10. Let's look at it in our Bibles. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brethren who hold the testimony of Jesus. And what does the text say next? Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. When I return from camp meeting, I'm going to have a single sermon dedicated to Revelation 19.10. What is the testimony of Jesus? What is the spirit of prophecy here mentioned? Friend, we live in an age when seeing is believing. When something like an angel appears, people are motivated. If they see a space alien, to believe they're special, that something has happened, and that they can have a personal relationship with the paranormal, and thus they are sucked into it. The angel from God told John to never do it, to never invest in a supernatural force something that would cause you to bow down. He said, there's no difference between you and me. I may be shiny, I may be bright, I may have powers and I can fly, but at the bottom line, I like you, I'm a fellow brother. We worship as fellow servants, a loving God. There's really no difference. I am a fellow servant of the prophets. Worship God, obey the Bible, submit to the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. I hear voices, and I'm going to speak directly to this. I hear voices in our midst, and I've heard some of them in places they shouldn't be, that are telling us that the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, is obsolete for our church at the time of the end. That we cannot trust the power of God that gave it to us. That somehow it is absent from the greater answers. And I'll tell you right now, the more I read the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, you know what I'm talking about. The more I love my Bible the more I know that deep answers are found in it. And I, for one, will not be a part of that siren call of the philosopher kings in our midst that would have us turn away from God's prophetic intervention at the time of the end. God would rather have his people living their lives on Bible evidence and the testimony of Jesus and worshiping God in that way than focusing on angels, ET manifestations, theologies, philosophers, polls that you take to see what church members think, UFOs or anything that flies in the sky that looks like it comes from heaven, but it does not. You see, the subjective focus of the Christian life without the Bible is a focus that can lead us right out of God into things that we can be deceived. So the angel told John to worship God and value the testimony of Jesus. How many of you want to agree with that? You want to affirm that that's what I want in my life. I want a Bible-based religion that is based on the truth and let feelings follow. Revelation 19.11, the command to never worship an angel provides the context and rationale for the appearance of the white horse rider in Revelation 19, verse 11. Look at Revelation 19, 11 with me. 
Then I saw a heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. And this is an amazing verse. This verse pulls so much of the book of Revelation together in a single passage. In fact, if I had the time, I could spend whole weeks on whole verses in the book of Revelation. This book is compacted truth. The God's Word is an awesome revelation of what He can do and who He is. First, the text says, I saw heaven opened. There are four times, if you count it in the book of Revelation, there are four times in which the heavens are open. Every one is related to the other. The first is Revelation 4.1, when a door was opened in heaven at the beginning of the apostolic age. For centuries, the devil had locked down planet Earth. When Christ died on the cross, John saw in heaven an open door. He saw direct access between heaven and earth because of the cross of Christ. Revelation 4.1, After this I looked, and lo, in heaven an open door. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, that's Christ's voice, said, come up hither and I will show you what must take place after this. He saw Jesus, he heard Jesus, an open door, and he was called in vision into the presence of God. And what does that mean? Friends, it means that God is not far because of the cross, that heaven and earth have come together. The open door means that we can interact with God personally because of what Jesus has done. So in prophetic vision, John saw God in his royal throne. In Revelation 4, he saw 24 elders dressed in white with golden crowns, uh, stephanoi in the Greek, which means wreaths of victory. All around his throne, human beings resurrected at the resurrection of Christ, a sample of humanity before the throne of God. He saw four ancient living creatures, perhaps the very first four living creatures ever made in the history of the universe around God's throne. ETs off the charts. He saw the seven torches of God burning before God, which are the seven spirits of God that see everything. Seven eyes of God. He saw the wounded lamb that was slain in Revelation 5. Take the scroll from the right hand of the one who sat upon the throne, the heavenly ark of the covenant, and suddenly he knew that the future was alive with hope because of the lamb. I mean, you don't get far into the book of Revelation when that door is open and heaven is revealed and you see the lamb that was slain. You see Jesus in the presence of God. And when the lamb had opened the seven seals on that scroll of mystery, and many people say, well, what is it? Well, I want to talk about it a little bit later. The scroll represents God's Word, God's covenant. You can see it on God's side, but you can't see it on our side. It's the mystery of the Word, of the covenant that no one had been able to unfold. The universe, friends, now think about this. The heavenly universe came to a crisis in worship. In Revelation 4, they praised God for His eternal power. They praised Him for His omniscience, but they couldn't praise Him for His character because it was not yet revealed. Questions had arisen because of Lucifer. And so they didn't know deep inside if God is a loving God, if God can give, if God can suffer, if God can empty his bank account to save the world. And friend, it was demonstrated at the cross of Christ when Jesus died as the Lamb of God that God has sufficient capacity to give himself to save us. And suddenly the song shifts from his power and his majesty. It shifts to the glory of the Lamb, what the Lamb has accomplished. So the Lamb appears, and He takes the scroll from the one who sits upon the throne. That was the first time heaven was opened in the book of Revelation. It was joyful. It was wonderful. All heaven praised God. 
The second time heaven was opened is found in Revelation eleven nineteen. Revelation eleven nineteen represents the opening of the temple in heaven for the pre-advent investigative judgment that immediately precedes the second coming of Christ. You know, it's interesting. When I was a young man, I was taught by some pretty smart people that there is no pre-advent investigative judgment in the Bible. Has anyone ever heard that kind of thing? Why would God have to judge His people at the end of time before the second coming? Well, there's a simple answer for that because the Bible teaches again and again and again that He's going to and that He does. It gives us a time prophecy. It tells us when He does, He starts doing it. And then the parables of Jesus describe this activity. Pastor Michael Oxentenko will be back in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-funded program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Michael Oxentenko. You have to be utterly ignorant of the Bible to fail to recognize that God in Christ will open the books in Daniel 7. That when those books are open, that Jesus will confess the names of His people before His Holy Father. And that when this marriage judgment is over, He will come in the glory of His Father to gather His people. And the kingdom of God will be taken to heaven and where the marriage supper of the Lamb will occur. So Revelation eleven nineteen represents the opening of the temple in heaven. It's the second time for the pre-advent investigative judgment. So just like heaven was open at the apostolic age, Heaven is opened at the end of the 2300-year prophecy of Daniel 8.14. It's opened at the end of the longest time prophecy. And John sees in prophetic vision the Ark of the Covenant, the most holy place, the antitypical Day of Atonement, the judgment hour of human history. And when he sees it, he sees in that most holy place the Ark which contains the moral law of God, the Ten Commandments. No doubt he sees Jesus who is our great high priest standing at the right hand of God. So the book of Revelation in this figure teaches us today that there will be a people on the face of the earth at the time of the end when Jesus returns who will keep all of the Ten Commandments of God. You know, last time I counted, how many of them are there? Are there eight, seven, six, five, nine, ten? There are ten of them. You know, thou shalt not kill. It means we have no business having anything to do with the abortion industry. It just means it. I'm sorry, the Word of God is so plain. It means that we should be about life, not about death, and we shouldn't come up with tricky answers to figure out how to kill babies. You know what else it means? It means the Sabbath day of the fourth commandment. It's the Sabbath day of the fourth commandment, the seventh day, which is Saturday. It has not changed. God's law is there. And so do you realize that the modern Sabbatarian movement started in the 1800s because of Revelation 11:19? Look at it with me. Then God's temple in heaven was opened. This is the second time. And the ark of his covenant was seen where? What does it say? Now, there was an ark of the covenant in the Hebrew sanctuary here on earth. 
It was in the temple that was destroyed. And the evidence is that it was hid in a cave by Jeremiah and others there to this day. But friend, this is not the same one. The Ark of the Covenant in heaven is God's throne. And the Ark of the Covenant on earth contained a copy of the Ten Commandments. Commandments 1 through 10, including the Sabbath of the Fourth Commandment. And when you look at this verse, it's very clear that God's Ark of the Covenant is in heaven. Now, we've read the Lord's Prayer so many times. Our Father, who art in heaven, what does it say? Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. There was an Ark of the Covenant on earth in the Hebrew tabernacle. God's covenant, God's will, His moral constitution of the universe placed on blue sapphire tablets. But the original is above the blue sky that we see. The original is at the very throne room, the center of the universe. And John saw at the time of the end that the Ten Commandment law of God, he saw the Ark of the Covenant, he saw that God's Word is relevant for the final generation. He says there were flashes of lightning, which means insight, understanding, voices, heaven communicates, peals of thunder, God intervenes, an earthquake, judgments, and heavy hail. Mighty things happen at the time of the end because the most holy place opens and the final generation sees God's law in the Ark of the Covenant. This is the verse that gave this church the seventh-day Sabbath in the 19th century. This is the second time heaven has opened the book of Revelation. At the end of the investigative judgment, which is the marriage of the Lamb in the book of Revelation, when Christ's work for sinners is finally done, heaven will be opened again for the third time so seven angels can administer the seven last plagues. Turn to Revelation 15, verses 5 through 8. After this I looked, and the temple of the tent of witness in heaven was opened. Do you see that verse with me? And notice that it's called the temple of the tent of witness. It puts the tent in the desert with the temple of Solomon into a single picture. He's not leaving anything out. Now look at verse 6. And out of the temple came the seven angels with seven plagues, robed in pure bright linen, and their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Verse 8, and the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were ended. So the door is open to heaven, the temple is open, then it's shut. But the seven angels of the seven plagues are on the outside to administer final judgment just before the second coming of Christ. The fourth and final time that heaven is open is found in Revelation 19.11. Now take your Bibles and turn there. We will be staying there for the majority of the morning in Revelation 19. The fourth and final time that heaven is open is found right here in Revelation 19.11 when the white horse rider appears in the sky. I mean, this is the figure of a Roman general leading his armies into war to conquer for the mighty empire of Rome. And yet it's not Rome, it's heaven's armies. Revelation 19.11, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon it is called Faithful and True. Now that should be a big hint who this is. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. What did he say to the latest in church? I am the amen, the true witness, the beginning 
of the creation of God. All four of these events, when heaven is open, Revelation, point in some way to the importance of the Word of God. That was the stunner for me when I was studying Revelation 19, that so much focus would be given here to the second coming and to the Word of God and the connection of the Bible to Jesus. In Revelation 4.11, John sees an open door in heaven and events that will follow. But most importantly, he sees in Revelation 5.7, the Lamb take the book from the hand of God on His throne. So you cannot separate the Lamb of God in the book of Revelation from the book that is in His hand. The Word and the Lamb go together in the book of Revelation. In Revelation 5, the two metaphors meet the Lamb the book of mystery that is sealed with seven seals, the two come together at the very beginning of the book. We know in Scripture that Jesus is the living and abiding Word of God, according to Peter. He's quoting the Old Testament. And that Jesus died as the Lamb of God. And we know that Jesus is affirmed in other places as the Word of God. And so the Lamb is a metaphor for what Christ did at the cross, but the Word is a metaphor for who Christ is and has always been. And the two metaphors meet right here in the throne room of the Most Holy Place. Well, that will complete the first portion of the White Horse Rider here on Reaching Your Heart. Join us again the next time we get together for the conclusion. And don't forget that you can always find these messages online at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Have you ever wondered what happens five minutes after death? Do you long for the assurance of eternal life? Is there a longing in your heart for something beyond this life? Dark Tunnels and Bright Lights by Mark Finley is the message of hope that you need. This book presents the real truth about life after death, and it is more amazing than you can imagine. Call for your copy today. Here's the information you need. The telephone number is 855-888-4673. 855-888-4673-855-888-HOPE. Or you can go to the website reachingyourheart.com. Call for your copy today. The book is yours for a donation of any size. And remember that your donations help to keep this ministry on the air. And we thank you for your support. And we hope that you'll join us again next time we get together for another edition of Reaching Your Heart. 